The sponsor of our show today is CNE Wildlife. CNE Wildlife partnered up with North American Deer Talk. We're incredibly grateful for that. If you get a, a chance or an opportunity, say thank you to them. And the reason is really simple. They have 30 years of commitment to all natural probiotics. This commitment's really a passion for them. And they've established that through university research at Texas Tech. Whether that be their fawn paste, their top score product, their show choice, farm pack, all the various products they have, they really provide a service and a set of products that helps your herd thrive. Give Sadie a call over there at CNE and uh, order up some good stuff. We think you'll like it. We know we do. We've been uh, product users for almost 15 years now. Um, we feel it's the best around. So get you some CNE wildlife today. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of North American Deer Talk. Today, just going to free will a little bit. Uh, I want to give you a farm update. I wanted to give you some observations that I've had uh, over the past, oh, I don't know, a couple weeks anyway on some of the things that we've been doing here on the farm that I, I think are, are worth noting. Uh, and I want to talk about a project we were working on uh, that kind of just uh, yesterday came to be. Uh, I decided to devote some time to it and uh, talk to you about like the North American Deer Talk uh, podcast and show and places you can find us and all that good stuff. So uh, you just saw in our, our intro or heard in our intro, um, CNE, and give c &E a, a try there. Um, we've been using their products and they're just dynamite. Um, Fawning season's been really, really good. And uh, you can stay up on all the happenings of uh, fawning season on a daily basis if you check out our Instagram page. So I'm, I'm posting um, just kind of, uh, you know, short, short videos or, or pictures and clips um, that are maybe, you know, if we're, we're looking at a video, they're sub five minutes. We're out, you know, just doing chores. I see something on the farm and, you know, sometimes it's fun. Sometimes it's a, a learning experience. Sometimes it's, you know, just uh, a random look at, at birds up in the sky. But um, you can follow along there. There, there actually is some uh, educational content. So if you're on Instagram, head over there, give us a follow. It's just Servid Solutions. And um we have some different video series. We got some, you know, fencing. We got some fun on the farm. We got some practical stuff. Um, so anyway, check it out. Uh, you know, give us a follow over there on Instagram. Um, if you're on Facebook, and, and I know many of you are, um, there's really uh, two specific platforms you can find us on. One is the Servant Solutions uh, page. And if you go over there and, and like that page, make sure you hit the follow button too, because that'll, that'll, ping um the page into your uh facebook feed sometimes like i don't know how you, uh, facebook's algorithms work but like i'll post something and like two people see it and then i'll post something else and like you know 500 will see it so if you want like consistent um you know servant solutions uh feed stuff it's it's there uh you just gotta hit that follow button so uh, and I, I'm pretty sure I have 
you know, I'm still, Hey, I'm just a farmer. I'm still learning all this technology. I think I got our Instagram page, uh, posted most of the, the stuff over in our feed on, on the, uh, service solutions page for North American deer talk. You can, uh, we have a group over there and all the new, um, all the new, uh, shows that we produce. Again, we, we, when we do our shows, I've been trying to do, um, a video cast, just like the one, if you're watching on YouTube now, or if you're hearing me on your, your favorite podcast application, um, it's the same show, right? So I try to remember that, you know, people are only listening and they can't see the things that are going on, but, um, I try to post both those there. Um, the podcast, we, we also, uh, host on the, uh, service solutions website and it's just, servicesolutions.com you hit the podcast tab all the shows are there so we have um uh 50 some posted i think uh, i just recorded an episode um here recently with uh, gary cook from nadar so give you some updates on what's going on over at nadar uh and then and then this episode uh also want to mention and and a, a honestly a big thanks to all of you uh we cracked 10,000 show downloads. So our our shows have been downloaded in podcast form uh, 10,000 times. So that's thanks to you guys. I appreciate it. Um, You know, when I, when I like the, the original vision for uh, North American Deer Talk was, again, I've said it on the show and people are probably like, dude, you don't, you don't need to say this every time, but like, it's for selfish reasons, number one, because I'm curious about things. Um, but I remember being at trade shows and you'd be talking with someone and you'd see a couple other guys talking. And it was always like, I wish I could be a fly on the wall in that conversation. So we want to make you guys all flies. Um, and I mean that in the, the best possible way um so they're just there it's you know there's entertainment value there's information um it's a it's a good way to consume some news and uh, i am doing my best to um, maintain some consistency uh doing these shows and it's it's hard again uh, i'm not complaining because i i really enjoy talking to all of you um it's hard to maintain a consistent uh rotation of stuff because it's hard to get people to uh, to come on to have good quality conversation. And, and I think that there's others out there. You, if you're listening or watching and you, uh, know someone that you think would be, uh, would have some value on the show, just shoot, shoot me an email. It's jnewton at servitsolutions.com and just say, Hey, talk to this person or, you know, link us up in a Facebook group or whatever you want to do, however you want to do it, have them call me. Um, have them shoot me an email. It doesn't matter. Uh, I, I enjoy talking to, uh, most people. Now I will curate some, some, some content. And, and what that means is I'm not going to have, uh, just anybody on to, you know, uh, spew agendas, you know, bash industry people, anything like that. Um, that's, that's not, that's, I just, I, I, I don't have time, uh, for that kind of stuff, but, and I want, I want the show to be, uh, enjoyable for you all. So anyway, I think we covered, uh, most of the social media stuff. Again, if, if, um, you know, not only just for, 
yourself, but it also helps when you like and subscribe to stuff or share stuff out uh, for other people that may not know. Um, certainly if you're, you're listening on, you know, like Apple podcasts, you can leave us a review. If you think we're shite, tell us, give us a one star. Uh, if you think the show is interesting, um, or at least maybe, uh, beneficial to others, you know, give us that five star, help us get out there and help us get a little reach. Uh, I think that it's, it's certainly beneficial for, uh, others in the industry that, that may not know about it. Um, so as far as, uh, as far as a farm update, things have been pretty good here. It's, uh, middle of June. We're kind of, you know, rolling through fawning season. Uh, this is the first year that I have not bottle fed in quite some time. It's been a few years anyway. Um, I kind of miss it. I, it also, you know, it allows me a little more flexibility in my schedule. Um, you know, I'm a one man band here, probably like many of you. Right. And I am fortunate that, um, deer generally is, is a full-time gig for me. So, um, the, the deer farm, Red Ridge Whitetails, um, does not provide a, a, you know, a full income that I can support my family on. And that's why we have Red Ridge or excuse me, have service solutions there as well. Uh, that helps, uh, provide some additional income and, you know, the, um, my, my volunteer work through the Pennsylvania Deer Farmers Association is, is just that it's volunteer. Um, there's, there's no, there's no payment for that. And, uh, that is certainly consuming as far as time goes. I spent a ton of time on, uh, PDFA stuff, a lot of it revolving around CWD, but you know, there's a lot of little management things and just kind of shuffling, you know, people and ideas and things around. And, and certainly, um, shout out to, to those of you that, uh, take my calls and, you know, have those conversations with me. I appreciate it. The other deer farmers, uh, PA, and, and in some cases nationally, they appreciate it. So shout out to you guys. Um, but yeah, so the farm, farm stuff's been going good. We, um, we didn't do uh, super great on AI. We were uh, about 50%, which for us is about, uh, call it 15 points low. We're usually call it 65 to 70. Um, and that's over the course of 20 years now. So our AI program, you know, we've had some up years, we've had some down years. Uh, it's never been like just stellar. Um, why? I don't know. It could be a variety of reasons. Um, I base my numbers off of, uh, 68% and that's what I'm comfortable with. So, um, with that said, we did okay this year and, and I had, um, I had bred with, a a, um, a new buck, uh, that I'll probably do a separate show about. And, um, you know, we got a bunch of fawns out of him. The, the, we'll call it lack of conception. Um, you know, at 50% was made up for in the number of fawns per doe. So we did first girl had five. And they're all, they were all evenly sized, no issues with any of them. She's taking care of all of them. So amazing, right? Like, you know, there was like five, like four pound fawns, give or take. That's nuts. 
and she's just out there nursing away. Um, they're growing, they look good. So it's pretty awesome. That's our first time having, having five. And certainly once you get up above, above three, you know, the, the potential for issues increases a bunch. So, um, that was really neat, but anyway, so we, we did, we did, uh, the first girl had five and then we had four sets of triplets and then we had a single and then two more sets of triplets. Now I don't have a lot of deer, as you all know. Um, and, and the last two sets of triplets are, I believe from the backup buck, I'm almost sure they are, but holy smokes, I got fawns coming out the wazoo. Um, it's been a lot of doe fawns, which, you know, for my eyes is, is okay. I wouldn't, I, I'm not heartbroken to have all those does, um, but I can turn my whole doe herd over with my fawns. You know, I think I bred, uh, 12 or 13 does total, uh, this past year. And I got, I think I tagged 16 doe fawns so far. So, you know, that's, it's been a little rough, um, when you go out and you, you keep, you know, lifting tails and, and finding does. And again, like, I'm happy to have the doe fawns that I have, but I don't need three doe fawns out of every one of those girls. Now, with that said, we did do some breeding, um, a significant amount of breeding, uh, based around the CWD GPS, uh, PNRP, um, CWD stuff. So like I should have a, a fair advancement in my overall, um, you know, protection from CWD, if you want to call it that, or, um, you know, my, my susceptibility to CWD as far as those deer go. And, and I think we'll see marked increases year over year over year. And, uh, I'm looking forward to getting those, those results back. Uh, been using the, you know, the TSU tagger and, and, uh, you know, that thing's slick. If you're not using that, like, got to get you one of those. And when you send in your samples, you know, you get the, the credit, um, three bucks back per tube. So it's like they're free. Um, but anyway, so that's been, that's been going good. Um, I was working on, a I was working on a project yesterday. Um, and, and just overall in my head, I was like, okay, I need to, I need to see if I can do a, like a fawn processing video kind of start to finish. So, um, I tried to, and this is, you know, something like I've done just, you know, not, um, like, you know, like me holding a, you know, selfie of a camera and like doing some stuff. Um, this, you know, I tried to, I tried to add a little bit of production quality again, like I work alone, so, uh, you're going to have to bear with all this, but like I did some drone footage and, um, you know, I tried to, you know, see what it would be like through my eyes of, of processing a fawn, uh, for you guys. So you can kind of see the tools I have, what I use, uh, how I do it, the steps I do it in. And, um, you know, it's, it's, again, I'm not, I am not processing, you know, a hundred fawns a year or 200 fawns a year or 500 or a thousand fawns. Like I don't have a big operation. So it's not to say that the things that I'm doing won't work for them, but like, you'll, you'll see, I'm, I'm hoping that the, um, to have everything out, uh, for next week. And, you know, if I had to guess, it's going to be a, a little four or five minute, uh, video with a little bit of 
production value, right? But, um, you know, like I don't have a, I don't use a fawn cradle. Now, would a fawn cradle be helpful? Yeah. Yeah, it probably would. I just don't use it. Um, you know, if you're processing 25 fawns, you can do it on the ground. Of course, I just, I don't know. I had a fawn cradle and I didn't really like it. I didn't like calling it around. I didn't like using it. Like we don't, we don't drive in our pen. So I just, I got my little toolkit, uh, which I'll show you guys. And, you know, that works really good for me. Um, it's lightweight, everything I needs there. I guess I could just suck it up and carry the fawn cradle around, but, uh, I just, you know, 20, whatever, 23 years tagging fawns. And I, yeah, I just don't mess with it. I just walk out there. If I find a fawn, I get down on my, get down on my knees. I stuff the fawn between my legs and, you know, give it a gender check, do my TSU tagging and the normal tag and microchip and whatever. So anyway, um, yeah, some of the things like the things that we're actually doing can be uh, applied into uh, what you do because our, our stuff's super simple right? You want to use a fawn cradle, you should use that fawn cradle. And, and yeah, it probably works really well, but, um, you know, we don't, you won't see me giving shots. Um, it's, it's simple. All of my work that I do in preparation for fawns happens before the fawns get on the ground. So the best analogy that I know of is a painter. So if you've ever painted a outside of a house or a, or a car. I used to paint cars whew, way back in the day. 90% um, of the work is prep. It's before you actually put the paint on. And I look at fawning in the same way. Work on your pastures. Um, work on your does. Prepare your ground in whatever capacity you can. So that when those fonts hit the ground, they need the least amount of interaction as possible. And from what I found, the, the two most important things that we do are focusing on making sure that those does are, are vaccinated with our uh, vaccine program. And also making sure that we don't have too many animals in the pens. And the combination of those two has made the um, weaning of fawns pleasurable, right? So, you know, we get to, we get to wean a good number of the fawns that are born. Do animals die here? Of course, it happens. You're going to lose some fawns, but it's not acceptable to lose 25%. Right. So, you know, if I can hit under 10 and that's, you know, that includes whatever you can say, stillborns and, um, you know, accidents and bacteria and issue, whatever issues arise. Like if I can get under 10%, you know, come November, uh, September, October, November, that's, that's pretty awesome. Um, for me anyway. Now there are people that they'll have a uh, hundred fawns and they'll wean 
98 of them, right? Now they might have some, again, some people bottle feed a lot of their animals. I, I've been trying to get away from that. I do like the idea of bottle feeding uh, the females because they're part of a, a breeding program, a health management program. They're going to get handled more. Uh, and we still have many bottle feds uh, here and, and I will bottle feed again in the future. I just, um, I, I, you know, it, it's, it's kind of nice having a summer off. I got two little kids and of course, you know, they, they like bottle feeding the fawns, but you know, like you want to take a vacation. Of course, <laughs> I kind of chuckle at people that take vacations who are deer farmers in the, in the summer, at least people that work alone. Like I do, uh, it's hard. It's hard to get away, like easy to get away for a day, hard to get away for a week. Um, but like, you know, we got a family vacation scheduled towards the, uh, towards the end of July. I'm hoping that, you know, all the fawns are, are, you know, healthy, robust, don't need, you know, checked on daily and, uh, that kind of stuff. So anyway, everything's been going good with fawning. Um, that fawn processing video, uh, I think you'll enjoy. Um, it's, it's, it's pretty, I think it'll be pretty basic and nice, but it's, uh, it's there now. Before we wrap up, I want to tell you about um, a cool project that we did here at the farm. And this has to do with our uh, reproduction program. Now, two, two parts, right? And I'm not going to dive into the one part uh, too, too much. But we did a vasectomy on a buck, right? And you're like, you, you what? You took one of your deer and made him so he couldn't breathe? We did. And it's to um, add him as part of our, uh, reproductive program, uh, to have a teaser buck for artificial insemination and embryo transfer. So we'll talk about more of that later. Anyway, um, really cool procedure. I've never, uh, seen that done. And so we did that yesterday, uh, early morning, our vet was, um, uh, had come back in from, uh, Western Ohio, she's doing some, some sheep work out there. And, um, many of you guys know her, Dr. Rachel Weiss and been working with her now. This is our, uh, 20, this will be our 22nd year. I think, um, like I said, she's the best, but anyway, she came out and did this vasectomy and, um, so I was using, uh, BAM. I followed all of my traditional rules uh, that I put in place. So I'll, I'm going to walk through what this looked like for us, right? So I gave those deer, he was in a pen with, call it 15 bucks. Um, I gave those deer half the amount of food they wanted the night before. She was scheduled for uh, 8 a.m. the next morning. So when I came in and I rode out there, all the deer were coming up to the feeder. So I got a I got a good look at, you know, everybody. And it was, it was a, it was an easy, uh, dart delivery, right? Uh, 20, 20 yards. So I loaded a, uh, one CC, um, dart one inch needle end port, right? Now I'm using bam. This is a year and a half old buck. Um, you know, I thought he was a hundred and, you know, 40 pounds on the hoof. Um, he's probably closer to 165. Okay, fine. So I 
I shot him in the neck. Um, I probably hit him a little low. So right in line with the midline of the body and the front shoulder, um, but forward of that. So it didn't, you know, it didn't go into the, uh, the uh, scapula there on the, on the shoulder. I think that's what they call that, that wide paddle bone. Um, so up in the neck, you know, relatively good shot, but probably a little low. And I'll get to that in a second. So um, he was, you know, quartering towards me. It was just, it was a good shot. Um, so I took it. Looked like, you know, the dart stuck in there. Um, you know, a few seconds, he trotted off. All the books came up and ate, whatever. So he takes about um, eight or nine minutes to, you know, he takes about five minutes to start showing, eight or nine minutes to really start staggering around. And uh, he's down it. He's down at 10 minutes by about 12 and a half minutes. Uh, he's ready to be handled. So I go over, put the mask on, bring him into our, our little lab there where we were set up to do the uh, vasectomy. And so we did that. And, you know, we topped him off because he was, he was fine for handling, but we topped him off with a little bit of ketamine. Uh, for some some pain support and um, just to get that plane anesthesia down a little bit. Um, you know, procedure takes, call it eh, whatever, 45 minutes. Take the buck out, give them the appropriate amount of reverser. Um, and, you know, five minutes later, the buck gets up, walks away. So I'm doing my doing my normal thing throughout the day. Um, and then I head out there for some, for some of that, um, uh, fawn processing video that I was, I was mentioning. And I see like, I, you know, the buck, buck pens kind of across the, across the road from the doe. So I always, you know, if they're all laying out in the field, I always throw the binocs up on them. And I was like looking for that buck and I see, I see him and he, you know, he's got his head kind of tucked down like a, like a, a deer sleeping on lay. So I give a, a whistle and nothing. And then I, you know, smack my leg. And of course all the other bucks whip their head up and he doesn't move. And I'm like, ah, oh, geez. Okay. So, um, I gave a couple yells. I smacked my legs a few times and he picks up his head and he just, he looks pretty hammered, you know, like he's just, he looks like he's been through the ringer. Um, his mouth's not out uh, open, but like his nose isn't wet. His mouth's just open a little bit and he just doesn't, you know, he just doesn't look quite right. He looks like he, he went through like a really hard surgery. Um, so kind of reflect back on that and I'm like, okay. I'm, I'm going to, uh, you know, the only thing that I can do for this deer right now. And I, I, I just to preface this, I, I, I went out there, I got close to him. He's not a deer that you can get like ultra close to. And he just kind of laid there and I was like, um, you know, something's not right, but like, what are you going to do? Like, he's got, he's got, uh, antibiotics on board. He's got, you know, pain support on board. Um, I, I can't do anything for him. So 
I'm like, I'm going to hit him with some more reverser. So I load up one CC dart. I shoot him. Um, you know, I'd watched him get up, kind of walk around and like, he's kind of picking at the grass a little bit, but just slow. Everything's super slow. Hit him with the reverser. Another one CC. And uh, five minutes later, his eyes are bright. His nose is wet and he's chowing away at the grass. So it's important to remember. And I, I, I remember going through this. Um, not when BAM was first introduced, but when I first started using it, I don't really remember when that was 2014 could have been earlier. I, d I don't recall. And I was using, I had been using uh, one inch needles. Now I've always been a fan when doing sedation work of using or of, of deep muscle injection, right? So I've done some three quarter work as our animals have gotten bigger and more robust and depending on the time of year and certain animals and so on and so forth. I don't want to get too deep into the, the, um, the, the darting thing right now, but it is, it is interesting to, uh, see how, you know, our knowledge evolves. So I remember sitting with, uh, Jason and, uh, Misty Edmondson at a Texas roadhouse. And as you guys all know, Jason works for, uh, wildlife pharmaceuticals. And we were just chatting about BAM and I was, I was talking about, um, you know, my experiences and some of the things that were, were going on. And we just kept kind of running scenarios, running scenarios. And, and what we, what we kind of, um, came to the idea was, and then he, he checked with, um, Dr. Lance, who's the, who was the creator of, of, of BAM and, um, has, you know, just tons of knowledge about it, but what was happening is we were using, I was using, um, triport needles and they were, what was happening is they were, uh, distributing the medication, some of the medication, not fully into the muscle. And I was getting some in the, the fat and I forget the term. I'm going to butcher this, um, but I think it was like uh, philotrophic, um, which means like it likes fat. So there's a component in BAM that will latch on to the um, to the fat in the body, right? And then it slowly releases uh, over time. So what happens is, is you dart an animal, it goes down, right? Do whatever you got to do. You give it the reverser, it wakes up. Everything looks good, right? Animal comes up, normal stuff. And then you watch it over the course of the next, you know, couple hours and you see this animal resedate. Now it's not a full, it's not a full resedation, but it's, it's enough to make the animal super groggy, see their heads rolling back, or they'll be laying flat out. And you're like, what is going on? And it's because that, um, 
the rest of that drug that is stored or has latched on to that fat for a better uh, you know, term is metabolizing into the body. Well, that's what happened on this buck. And so if you, I guess the, the, the point of my story is, is that when you run into those scenarios, keep that in the back of your mind, especially if you're, you're, you're using, um, you're using BAM, but with, with other, uh, sedation drugs as well, just, just keep that in mind. You may have to just hit them with some reverser, um, and it doesn't require a bunch like that one CC. I had a one CC uh, dart there and I just hit the animal and literally it was like five minutes and like, I have a new deer or the old deer is back. Right. I mean, everything looked better. The eyes were wide open. They were bright. The nose was, you know, he obviously like had licked and he had the nice shiny nose and he was just eaten away, like just like a normal deer. Um, so just keep, keep that in mind. And I, 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 um, I hadn't had that happen for quite some time. And uh, I'm just, I'm glad that I remembered that, um, you know, some of those times before and, and for some of you that haven't experienced that, um, there may come a time where you do. And, and hopefully this, this story will, uh, will uh, stick in your mind and you'd be like, well, maybe I should just give them a little more reverser. Right. And, and sometimes like maybe even though, um, you know, I thought my shot placement was good. Maybe it was a little low and maybe I got a little bit in the fat. Um, again, I was using an end port needle because we got away from using the, the triports, uh, for use doing deep muscle injection. And like I'm telling you, if you, if you want that stuff to work better than it's working now, you got to get it deep in the muscle. Well, those, those are one inch needles for me, even on, especially, you know, like, winter animals for sure, but even summer animals, right? Like there's no reason that, that I needed to not dart that buck with, um, you know, a, a, a one inch needle. So anyway, I wanted to share that with you. I'm not going to ramble on here too long. Um, I hope everybody's having a really good, uh, fawning season. If you are having any issues, you know, feel free to reach out. Uh, I'm, I'm happy to try to help you or, or guide you towards someone that can help you or give you some ideas. Um, you know, we got some connections to different diagnostic facilities, like, you know, always try to be uh, learning about what's going on with your animals. You know, there's no sense in, you know, spending all the time, effort, money into creating these guys and then, you know, not having the means to take care of them and or, um, you know, the knowledge because the, the knowledge is out there for you. There's, there's plenty of people that can, that can help out. And, you know, there's a pretty, you know, easy way about going and, and learning from animals that get sick and, you know, even, even die. Right. So take advantage of that. And, um, you know, like I said, I hope everybody has a, has a really great, uh, fawning season in summer. And, you know, if you, if you're so inclined and you're excited about, you know, a set of fawns you got, or man, you got some nice bucks growing out. I love looking at pedigrees. Um, I look, I really enjoy looking at, at big bucks. Um, send some pictures over. I love to see that. We'll talk to all soon. And as always stay tuned for another episode of North American deer talk. <laughs>